everyone, and welcome to the Eye on Canon podcast, your home on the Culture Slate Network for in-depth commentary on lore, the High Republic, and the whole of the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I want to be dramatic today. Um, <laughs> Joel, and joining me across the continent, as always, Matthew. Yes. How Thanks, Joel. <laughs> there we go. All good. All good. Just waiting for the problem. I, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Thanks for thanks for teeing that up. Uh, yeah, the whole not just the canon legends as well. Uh, the whole lore of the galaxy far, far away. Looking forward to finally. I finished it. I promised. I broke my promise, but then I finished it. Shadow of the Sith. Looking forward to diving into this very oh, fun, yeah. very enjoyable <laughs> book. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh. Plug as always. Um. No. 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 Um. No. Uh, no transmission. No, there was no uh, comic review today this week, sadly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but we do, and also follow us on our at Ion Cannon Twitter. Um, but we are joined by a very special guest for making a brief appearance um, across another continent, the one and only Hannah. Hey, good day there. Hello. <laughs> There we go. I'm trying yes. to pattern the new saying of g'day there instead of hello there. <laughs> so that's good. I'm going to try and make that my my opening of every show. But uh, hey, hey guys, thanks you for having Hi. me. This is yeah, so exciting. Great. I love this show. So <laughs> thank you. To be here. Yes. yes, Hannah is <laughs> Hannah is here for a little bit. Um, Hannah, do you? Yes. I guess we, I guess we can start with this. Do you have something special you want to tell our lovely audience out there who are yes. watching now I or have later? Yeah, yeah, I have something very special. I have I have started a a new show called The Race Side. So either the light side, dark side, or the race side show. Uh, it's gonna be uh, a fantastic time. I'm I'm going live straight after you guys, and I did this purposefully, and I because I had to go in and I had to calculate when you guys go live, because I wanted the Monday night too. So I was like, okay, I'll go live after them, so we're not overlapping. <laughs> so we we can we can make a, a big back to back show of Ion Cannon and then Rayside. Hey, yes. um, but yeah. yes, uh, it's starting today. So today, in an hour's time, I'll be going live. I am doing the unthinkable <laughs> and the exclusive Kenobi oh. Pringles Ooh. that we got a celebration. <laughs> are Are you really I'm doing cracking it? Cracking the open. Yes, wow. I'm doing it. I'm doing okay. it. I've been. Just <laughs> buying them, and I don't want them to be stale. So I'm I'm gonna okay. open live. I'm gonna eat them Cute. live. Um, I believe they are just original flavor. It says original just yeah. there. So, okay. but you'd never know. It could have a Kenobi tinge of flavor to it. So we're gonna. It see probably has some here. sort of force dust, something going on there. Right? How did you get your hands like on that. one? Did you get one at the premiere? That yeah, the premiere, like and it was next to it was. <laughs> Yeah, right. the premiere was was so funny because um, you you had to dance to get it. Right. You had Ooh. to stand up and dance, and and mm -hmm. I'm not a big dancer, but for a Kenobi's Pringle can, I will do anything. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how so, I got my hands on that. So, <laughs> there we go. So Hannah, uh, I gotta ask, I gotta ask you, Hannah. Yes. Do you love the fact that your name is Rayside and how perfect your first three syllables go perfectly <laughs> match what Star oh, yeah. Wars? Has been doing for the last five days, like oh, perfect, perfect oh, marketing. It's been exactly, exactly. Blessing. How good does that line up? And a lot of people think maybe I've like made up that name, like the race <laughs> side, like I'm on her side. And I'm like, no, that's just my my name. And it's like, oh, it's so perfect. And like when Force Awakens came out, did we, did we know her name before? I don't know if we knew her name before. It was gonna be Kira, um, and then they changed it to Ray. 
No way. Yeah. I oh, think what? they announced it nice. during the during the marketing though that these are our marketing heroes named Ray, Finn, and Poe. Yeah. 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 It was it was at some point, yeah, maybe just beforehand or mm-hmm. when I first saw it and yeah, seeing it was Ray. Because funny enough, when I was in high school, that was my nickname. Because I, I actually do not prefer the name Hannah. I preferred my last name. And so people, instead of going Ray Sai, they would just call me Ray. And then the, the lead female of Star Wars was Ray. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And all my friends are like, oh, my there gosh, go. Hannah, you have to be in Star Wars now. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yes. Is, I is that your, your origin story? Is that is that your Star Wars that, fandom origin story? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Actually, it's the reignition. My reignition of Star yeah. Wars story. That's good. That, that, yeah. that works. And, and it really, it really works. It's like Ray side, like the Ray side of the Force. That's, you're going to call exactly. herself the Ray side of the Force now. It's no longer light side, dark side. That's Ray's new Jedi order. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the new order. There's no more Jedi or Sith. It's only the Rays. <laughs> I was gonna say there is no Mortis in this novel, so I was wearing this T-shirt as a bit of a fake out. But you know, we got we got the wow, the you got me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm wearing a Force Awakens T-shirt. There we go. There we go. That, yeah, there that's apt. I, I guess that's apt. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But yes, yes. Sorry, I was getting a little It's all good. We're, we're showing a T-shirt. It's, it's a thing we do here. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I've got but my Amberu jacket on. There we go. Nice, there we go. nice. But <laughs> as promised, we will be talking about Shadow of the Sis during this podcast. Um, but Hannah here has has not read it, so we're gonna do a little something special at the beginning of this mm. podcast, and we're going to try and pitch to Hannah um, that uh, whether or not we should. We can read Shadow of the and um, I guess one of our is questions from the, our audience is: Does Oki get punched at any point? And I believe the answer is yes. So I'm there's sure our first does. pitch. So there's oh, our first I pitch to Hannah: Oki gets punched. Um, I'm literally, I'm <laughs> legit laughing there, Doc. That was that's I know. That's so good. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So um, I guess I'll start yes. with um, Shadow of the Sis and why you should read it. It mentions mm. Revan. Revan gets mentioned from Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, it's about wow. Revan. Revan gets mentioned of Revan. Hooray. Mm-hmm. He's in the book. That's cool. He appears yeah. for like, he gets Take. mentioned once and that's it. So uh, that's the only mm. reason you can read it. Revan, that's it. Um, <laughs> okay, but uh, no, but uh, seriously, if you like Ray, if you like Lando and Luke hanging out together, if you like Absolutely. the Poe's Return of the Jedi era, mm-hmm. if you like OG of Bistoon, if you like the aftermath novels, I don't know if you read those ones yet. Um, if you shelf. like, let's see it right now. If you like Palpatine, if you like Jedi and Sith artifacts, then Ooh. this is the book for you because it's got all of it. Mm-hmm. It is the wow. all book. If you like wow. seeing, reading about Ochi of Bastoon getting punched, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like just that fact That's alone. Just funny. like sold me. Yeah, if you like Kane, Prince, and Anakin. Then yes, as well. yes. Yeah. So that, that's oh. not a spoiler because that, that was the uh, one of the um, excerpts. I think. It, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think I've heard that circulate yeah. around before. Yeah. So, so wow. my pitch to you is I, I bringing out the hashtag sequelist. You know, Rise of Skywalker came out what uh, two years ago, three years ago. What year is it? Before the pandemic, so yeah. a million yeah. years ago, but three years ago, two thousand nineteen, twenty nineteen, and, 2019. and you know, it, the events in it still kind of feel unfamiliar a little bit because just the newest film newest saga film all new events moving the story forward this mm-hmm. novel really uh you know that my my main thought and feel is that this novel really made the events of that story feel more familiar feel a lot mm-hmm. more grounded 
feel a lot more connected with the story of Star Wars as a whole and, and did it by by tying into Luke and Lando especially but uh, you know through through some other characters and through some some lore that we are more familiar with feeling mm-hmm. in Star Wars so uh, and it, it did it by explaining the new and weird stuff that <laughs> Rise of Chakra did so um, wow. I mean it's yeah it, it it is really I mean it is a tie-in novel we'll we will get to that Joel mm. in a bit I think but uh, it did it did a great job of uh, of setting the stage and fleshing out doing what what you know canon paper canon can really do the best when it comes to how it relates to films fleshing out these mm. things that maybe felt weird and felt unfamiliar some people would say didn't make so much sense but uh you know that could be debated about rise of skywalker but definitely was new and weird this makes it feel far more grounded mm-hmm. yeah wow so. that that this is sounding phenomenal this is sounding mm-hmm. so good because and like what you're saying then you both said it but it, it's a tie-in novel which to me that was my biggest like i actually enjoyed the most part of the sequels and enjoyed a lot of this rise of skywalker and the the kind of scenes and and point of the story where we're talking about ochi and we're, we're, uh, we're talking about you know finding all these artifacts and things i liked that because even in that dialogue you could hear that there was there's like a whole story behind yeah you know ochi bestu and there's a whole story of like why he's on this quest and, and mission mm-hmm. and thing and and who is he and he sounds really like involved with everyone and so it created this mystery so i remember when that happened i was like i wonder like if we'll ever get anything from that or you know i'd like to see a story from that in any medium mm-hmm. um so for me i think that's that's sounding the the, the coolest part of this book of what yeah we're getting all the sequel related mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. which sounds yeah. amazing it and, is a good wow. okay well okay, I'll just say, i will say uh it, the characters are really written well i mean luke and lando I, and again we'll go into spoiler yeah, detail later but luke and lando um you know it's hard to write such familiar characters but yeah. adam christopher is able to put a newer spin on them and then i mean the main thrust of the story is about someone else who we'll get to again in spoilers but uh there we go and you know making making <laughs> the first appearance there <laughs> I, I had to. I just. Yeah. I finally had to. We cut, keep talking about my cat. We, it's like, we do. <laughs> Does your cat have a Star Wars name? What's your cat's name? Her name's Dashi. Could be a Star Wars. That could totally be a Star Wars I, name. I feel like there's like Dex's diner and there's like Dashi's like dessert bar or something. I feel like it's yeah. a very croissant kind of name. We gotta, yeah. we gotta get uh, James Dillon on that one. There we go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but uh, I was going to say, because um, I, I remember during one of your live streams on Twitch, Tana, you were saying you were reading Bloodline by Claudia mm. Gray. Yeah, right? I was about to bring this up. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would say Bloodline and Shadow of the Sith are like essential readings for sequel trilogy yeah. fans. Like mm-hmm. they really explain a lot. Which, by the way, how are you liking Bloodline as a book? In sort of, I, I am loving it. I'm, I'm still only two chapters in, oh. but okay. everything already of what I've read is that feeling of like it's building. We're getting all this background, how Leia's feeling. It's very context building, but I'm loving it so far because it's just like, oh my gosh, it's this time that I like don't know anything about and I'm learning about mm-hmm. it. Oh my God. So I'm loving it. So I, so I'm hoping that Shadow of the Sith does the same thing. And I think that's what you guys are saying. It is this, mm-hmm. it's quite a big gap of time in the Star Wars timeline we have. And, and it's really mm-hmm. enjoyable to get into this like new, new field of play being like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a new time. Let's get into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm experiencing the same thing with Bloodline. So I think I got to finish Bloodline, obviously. And yeah. then 
mm-hmm. and then maybe Shadow of the Sith. But then I've got Aftermath to read, and then I've also got uh, the, the Queen's books, all the Queen, all the E.K. Johnson stuff to read. Yeah. So I, I should just read three books at once, really. Yes, <laughs> you could. You could. I, I won't I tell you to go to Google fun. it because you know that's rude. But I I will bow out shortly so you guys can yeah. spoiler fill your conversation about it and I will I will star it and save it for later this episode. So once I finish Shadow of the Sith, I can come back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, and tell us how you like Bloodline too. Tweet about Absolutely. it. I love Blood. It's Actually, my favorite. I'll, cu- I'll come on when I finish it because I'm sure yeah. I'll have a lot to say about Leia and her I was character. gonna say if you're if you are in for marathon Mondays. <laughs> oh yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely so figure out timing for that. But yeah, for sure. You're, you're, I mean, you're welcome anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so yeah. much, guys. Yeah, Thank I'll, I'll bow out now. I got to grab my ingredients for my blue milk yes. ready to to yeah. get together. But uh, have a great rest of the show. Hope everyone enjoy enjoys those your spoiler filled. Yeah. Thank you. I will. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully they don't yeah. taste like sand. Hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Well, that was Hannah, everyone. Yay. Um, another show that we're we can't top that, folks. Now we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Yeah. Um, I guess we, I guess before, I guess we can do a little bit of week in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I won't get too much into it. Um, well, I did two big things. One, I'm rewatching Rebels. Um, I'm actually on season. I'm just about to finish up season one. I'm kind of doing it at my own pace, slowly and lazily, like I always do when I watch TV that I've already seen before. Um, but man, I forget how good Rebels was. That first season is actually pretty good, mm-hmm. and I remember it. Um, I realized once the pressure is off of a Star Wars, I'm like, oh, this is fun. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. Space Aladdin, that's awesome. I love it. Um, you go, you go, Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, and the animation is actually really good. Um, yeah. I, and then I guess the second big thing, uh, and this is, I guess, something we, I want to think about during our discussion is really trying to discern this idea of main story backstory because i keep thinking about that what if scenario which thankfully didn't happen but it's like now what if george did decide you know what i don't want to make this i don't want to make a prequel trilogy here three books on anakin's fall yeah uh, whatever i'm george I'm gonna go make more <laughs> young indie i'm gonna make more young indie there we uh, go. instead it's um, a great impression by the way i'll say that <laughs> thank you thank yeah. you uh it's like what what would have happened, you know, because mm-hmm. again, the prequels, they, they do shift everything. I think the prequels do make Star Wars into a new thing that, you know, nothing really mm-hmm. escapes from it. Like, even even the sequels are still tied to the prequels in their thematics. You know, I've gotten my whole shtick about Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker and Revenge of this all day long. Um, so it just kind of makes me wonder, it's like, stuff like Bloodline and Shadow of the Sith, two great books, by the way, yeah. but sort of like, are they just backstory? Are they main story? And obviously, we're not Sith. We don't believe in absolutes on this podcast. Um, but, um, you know, it's not binary. But um, sort of wh- where do you where does that fall in line? Mm-hmm. Does it matter if it's book or screen canon, et cetera, et cetera? And kind of I'm always thinking about that as we discuss, sure. and especially with these types of books. Yeah, I mean, the question I think you often raise up with that, not I think, the question you often raise up with that is accessibility, right? Can everyone uh, access the story? It is flippant for me to just say, oh, just go read the Wikipedia Wikipedia article. That's (laughs) not uh, a valid answer, right? I mean, we want to be tied into the way the storyteller or drawn into the way the storyteller leads us through these events that aren't just facts, they're events. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, you could ask the question: it, Could the is it something that is good enough to let be in dialogue? Um, I mean, there's a bunch of things in this novel that are actually backstory that uh, sound like and feel like. Uh, I mean, this is this is for the later top conversation, but sound like and feel like. Oh, these were written. In, this was a comic or a novel. Uh, you know, different. Uh, I'll go into spoiling. You know, everything with with Luke and Comac, for example. Right. There's a great example. Everything with Lando and and his daughter. Um, right. They actually says, "Oh yeah," as if Adam Christopher, or not necessarily Adam Christopher, but the implied author, and that's some heady literary theory there. But <laughs> whoever is speaking to us as readers uh, is saying, "Remember that time when?" And yet we haven't. Yeah. So I mean, you have uh, Obi Wan and luke in the hut ben and luke in the hut remember that time i remember that time when and and almost the narrator telling us remember that time when uh you know anakin and i went off to save the chancellor and then he fell yeah. to the dark side <laughs> you know uh, i always want the cartoon character the same as your father <laughs> yeah I love yeah that there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a great meme. um so yeah i mean uh it's a question that, yeah of how much does a novel i mean here's here's was my point before with all this uh i think this novel changes how i'm going to feel about rise of Skywalker, how i'm going to feel and that that's a key point keep on bringing up uh, my friend din you know uh he and i disagree on a lot of things you know kind of the the role of intellect the role of, of reason in in living life and whatnot and, and and i think we agree more on than we think we do but um his great point when talking about the Kenobi episode five art is about what makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the prequels made people feel different things about the sequel trilogy, about the prequel, about the original trilogy, I should say. It makes people feel different things about the sequel trilogy, right? At the height of their powers, they let the Darth Sidious rise from the empire and wipe them out. That, I mean, that is an explicit JJ, uh, Ryan Johnson saying, Hey, remember that time? <laughs> Back I then. mean, uh, to you use know. that as an example, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, you know, and I always it's go about dynamic. It is mine too, but it's like my the dynamic shifts about Star Wars because of the prequels. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke, in a lot of ways, embodied a sort of a narrative discourse that came out of the prequels, which was the Jedi suck. They need to. They need all to die. Jedi suck. Yeah. You know, it's like, and Luke, and I don't think if they had done that, if there mm-hmm. wasn't the prequel trilogy, then they just gone straight to that. I feel like a lot of people would not have bought it because, like, your perception of the Jedi throughout most of the original trilogy is Jedi are awesome. You know, they're supposed to be these cool mm-hmm. characters. And, you I mean, you kind of start to get more of that. Do the Je- are the Jedi these pure beings with, you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan kind of saying, go kill Vader. Go kill mm-hmm. Vader. Like, they're wrong. But I feel like the prequels kind of hammer home this idea of, I mean, create the, the it's like a, from a meta standpoint, the mm-hmm. meta discourse of Jedi suck. Luke embodies that idea of Jedi suck. This all needs to die, mm-hmm. and obviously Ray being the one who's like, "No, the Jedi might have their problems, but there's still a good force in the world. We got to move right. forward." Um, again, I don't think you get that without the prequels, and that meta narrative right. wouldn't have worked if the prequels were three books. Um, you, well, you get the question itself, right? I mean, yeah. the prequels don't actually give you an answer. Right. Um, so that uh, you know the. You can either say, and I think it depends on a lot of real world, real world things that you bring into it about that question about the Jedi, right? Um, I think about you know this the whole episode we had on the archivist and how they went from, I mean, the, in the prequels, in a way, they go from the heroes in the High Republic, they go from the heroes to the villains in public perception. Right. If you think 
I'm going to go there. I, I'm sorry. This is going to kind of sound kind of brash to everyone, but if you think a bunch of celibate monks are inherently evil, hmm. you're going to probably have this perspective on it, right? Um, right. If you think, if you, you know, you study the history of real world celibate monks and you know the reality is actually a lot mixed, there is some evil in there for sure. There is some good. Um, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I think that's where a lot of that comes from, but. Uh, also, then there's the story itself, which right. you, know, you have Qui-Gon, you have uh, Ahsoka, her oh, yeah. ability to actually discern the light comes from somewhere. And and it's both for and against the Jedi. Anyway, this is getting us down, down this yeah, long yeah. road, but um, this it's, whole question, right, that colors the way a lot of us, especially prequelists, um, watch the saga, you know, comes from, from these three films that started in 1999. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought you were talking about Star Wars as a whole. Like, wait, Star Wars didn't start in 1999. I started the same no, thing. I like, but oh, it, was, it was irrevocably changed in 1999. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. Point, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I want to get but, into my, my yeah. thing just before, you know, uh, <laughs> my week in Star Wars was a lot lighter. <laughs> um, this had conversation because we also want to get, and we want to let you all get to Hannah's podcast as well. Um, Okay. So, just want to say, I'm getting uh, kind of roasted like a Ronto on Batu on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is kind of fun, uh, I will say. It's kind of fun seeing this this corner of, of Star Wars Twitter that I don't, thankfully, don't interact with at all. Yeah. I don't really yeah. see it much at all. Anyway, so, um, and I just bring this up because it's just this fun thing. Uh, so, there, there's the, the Vader Dark Visions issue uh, with the, you know, the, the uh, the crazy girl trope where she has this, this imperial officer has this crush on Vader Ooh, and she takes a piece of his skin. And <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so th there's this great Twitter account, crazy donkey moment in star Wars. And uh, you can go, jo Joel, you can say the full name if you want um, donkey okay. moments in star Wars uh, on Twitter. And anyway, they posted uh, that there was, <laughs> yeah, there was this once this imperial officer had this huge crush on Vader and, and all that. And, and I tweet my, my only take on that whole, comic book is uh my genuine take is that is the worst can sorry in all of canon right now i mean <laughs> sorry to the or the writers and the the and the artists but uh it's just it, it's so banal um especially given i mean i make the serious point you know we could have had chuck wendig write a story about toxic masculinity and deconstructing it instead we get a story representing toxic masculinity and everybody just rips on me it's pretty funny um people saying oh but she actually is crazy and all that and uh people are like uh you know i forgot about just, that story that's how and, much I and people are all like oh you want chuck wendig to write something chuck wendig's the worst blah 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 so anyway that's that's fun um another bit of thing on twitter this is, i don't know i just the twitter it, I, i'm just seeing this for the first time a little bit for the first time thankfully and i get it's easier for me to deflect that than say a woman who has been accused of the crazy girl trope and uh really it's it's a toxic dude who drives her nuts raisinly anyway um uh was, was the other thing i did you know that that thing going on twitter she's a 10 butt or there are 10 but anyway I, mine was uh she's a 10 but she hates the last jedi <laughs> and then people coming out of the work predictably uh oh sounds perfect sounds perfect whatever whatever so you know it, it's a great lesson in people are gonna just tweet whatever again there's a lot of crap and toxicity going on there um like i said last week with uh 
with I think about the prequels, people are free to, are, are free to be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we there love this. We love yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's actually just get into the actual topic. Um, Shadows of the Sith. Um. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I I made the joke about Revan, but no, no, no. Uh, uh, but now I'm gonna actually give my overall thoughts about the book. Um, I loved it. Um. <laughs> Again, I think this is like top five Star Wars books for me, like Bloodline. It gives so much clarity. And I like that word. I like the word clarity. It doesn't mm. fix anything. But you can't fix the movie. You, the only way to fix the movie is you change the movie. But it gives a lot of clarity yeah. into the backstory and kind of gives you a better feel of what was going on during the sequel era in general mm-hmm. in between episodes six and seven, You know how we got to certain places, really exploring Luke and Lando getting lots of in backstory on Ray's parents, etc. Getting some mm-hmm. Ochi love, get lots of love for Ochi. Um, and overall, just a really good experience. I had a really good time reading this. And um, a good companion to the Rise of Skywalker novelization, which I highly mm-hmm. recommend, Matthew, you read next. Yeah, I'm going to read time. it after. Yeah, I haven't gone to it yet, but yeah. Yeah, um, and if we could do a review on that as well sometime in the future mm-hmm. when you're done, that'd be great because I would love to just, I love to talk about novelization in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially that novelization, I think, takes a lot from yeah. this book. Or that, I mean, this book takes a lot from that novelization. So um, I really loved it. Great time. Recommend to everyone. And a lot of just marrying the various eras together and kind of gluing it all into one cohesive universe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really recommend this one. Yeah, I mean, like like I said before, uh, it nails the characters, characterization. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's probably the hardest and most important thing you know we're encountering these real not real people but uh you know people as if they're real and believable you know the the way luke and lando relate to each other um and you know comat coming in and, and it feeling completely natural all that lore uh with, with the sith with exim panchard and uh with, with kaiza kiza however you pronounce her name and and, and everything in there um my favorite and least favorite things about this book were uh, Dathan and Miramir. And I will get to some of the, my concerns there, but uh, I mean, you really feel their journey. You really feel their desperation. You really feel uh, how much, you know, both their love for their love for each other, their love for Ray, but also just their, their stress and their anxiety yeah. and their, um, again, very, very naturally normally. I mean, well, not normally it's an abnormal situation, but, um, you, you, you incredibly, you empathize with them. And so that's, that's the big achievement for, by Adam Christopher. I don't quite buy the whole, this is how Ray landed up on Jakku thing. Um, uh, I, I don't, I, I see some holes in there. Uh, I don't entirely buy this, how she stayed on Jakku. We'll get to that hopefully at the end. But, um, so it, and it, that was a little disappointing in that, well, this is the resorting to the, Oh, Dathan does, just doesn't trust trope, and and I, I, that's how it felt to me. So, um, other than that, yeah, I mean, it, it really works. Like I said before, you know, it changes how we feel about uh, Rise of Skywalker. It works on both the character level, the story character level, literary level, and the geek fandom lore nerd level of oh, yeah. everything. Again, to do with the Sith and Exegol and. Uh, that you're you know you're gonna bring a pochi in his blade and that was just really cool and really dark and really mm-hmm. uh fit well all the two the two really fit together in a way that this book needed to do 
and needed to actually go for the weird lore stuff that again with rise of skywalker uh it was kind of janky kind of odd and, and it was unfamiliar and um this is going to smooth things out for you your 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 uh, images of clarity for me it's about smoothness i kind of uh not not deleting the rough patches but kind of making it more navigable yeah i would agree with that mm -hmm. totally um you know, I guess we kind of already went down the whole here's been a book or not, so I'm not yeah. gonna get into that too much. Um, so let's just start out with the with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Master Luke Skywalker, mm -hmm. Jedi Knight, Jedi Master. Um, I really like seeing Luke here. Um, it's very much a continuation, I think, and maybe even a deeper exploration of what we kind of got hinted at, at in Mandalorian. He is trying to essentially be a prequel Jedi. He is, you know trying to not have those attachments, trying to be very formal with um, his mm -hmm. nephew and only at first Padawan Ben. It was cool seeing his um his, uh, his academy on Osis, um, mm -hmm. Dark Empire reference for anyone there for Legends fans. Yay. Um, Tom Fike just keeps winning. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was dropped in a comic recently, I believe. Yeah. I believe um, it was. But anyway, nice. sorry, go ahead. But, um, you know, it's nice seeing him, seeing kind of seeing him... Um, you know, trying to balance out that and as well trying to take a lot of responsibility. Like one of my favorite moments is when Lando shows up and, you know, he's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, don't, don't go. We don't need your help, Lando. I, I need to do this by myself. Can't have those attachments. And it is really kind of cool seeing him, you know, kind of try to be the Jedi Master everyone thinks he, he needs to be and kind of also, you know, but also there's a little bit of that struggle of like, maybe I should be a little bit more um you know informal with my nephew <laughs> as, a, as a padawan uh but uh no i thought he was great but matthew what about what did you think of luke skywalker yeah again it convincing you know it felt incredibly natural even if we this is a, a, a time we haven't seen him in we we see the connection to like you said with what we hinted at the mandalorian how he is going for these prequel era uh, approaches towards attachment even to his own nephew right uh, like mm -hmm. you meant, mentioned you know, that formality with ben uh, as his padawan insisting he call him master skywalker not uncle luke um yeah just you know even whether or not he i mean he lets ben you know explore his feelings and you know expressivity he does a little bit he does, does he, he is more open with that but yeah it, it is this pre ben's fall Right. He, he, right. Luke doesn't know what is going to happen. And this is this funny thing with this novel is we know with both Ben, with both Kylo Ren and with, with Ray's parents, we know what's going to happen. Um, this one did a much better job. This, the Luke story did a better job of placing us in the intermediate where he's still holding on to those teachings, to those ways, uh, not knowing it's going to backfire, not knowing it's going to. Mm -hmm throw up in his face adam christopher does knows that we know that um right. but luke in, in that point does it's similar to you know you hear james arnold taylor talking about how when he was uh voicing clone wars he didn't watch revenge of the sith because he needed to portray obi-wan as as if uh apparently anakin you know yeah. it was as if anakin obi-wan anakin's story was going to continue mm -hmm. you know the same you know trying to navigate the balance between freedom and rigidity that uh that obi-wan had that luke has here another interesting thing he, you know luke here is clearly 
far more ma a master than he was in, in Return of the Jedi. You know, now, right. I mean, nobody, I mean, it's kind of weird who, who actually knighted him, who, who conferred mastery on him. We don't know. He self-mastered himself. <laughs> yeah. Anakin's <laughs> like, dang, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why not, right? Um, but, you know, he definitely has a, a deep well of wisdom now. He's definitely right. older. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's gone, explored the Force, explored the teachings of the Force. So he he knows more of of the the history of uh, you know the Jedi in the late Republic. I'm sure he knows about the history of the Jedi in the High Republic, uh, oh, yeah. and maybe even Old Republic to some extent. He learns about the Sith <laughs> a little more. Okay. So um, yeah, it it was uh, it was again very convincing, felt very natural, and uh, uh -huh. Adam Christopher did a great job of of locating us locating luke at this point yes um how how doc i was gonna ask how many years after episode six is this um isn't it 17 it's something like that they they okay. raise five just five or six yeah so gotta be like it, yeah. 17 years i know ben's so supposed to be way older um yeah so ben's like mm -hmm. in his teenage years so i'm gonna say 17 years 16 Mm -hmm. minimum definitely in that medium area yeah um but yeah you know you're right um i really like that um mm -hmm. but, let's see raised 19 by the time of raised 19 by the time of oh yeah awakens. so it's 13 years before force awakens so right. do the math there yeah um one thing last thing i'll say about luke he's still he he's more compassionate he's more sensitive than he is in return of the jedi i mean i wonder if there's something to do with uh his encounter with his father in Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. uh, preparing him a little bit for his encounter with his father in this one, uh, but also the way he's, you know, able to treat Lando with sensitivity and respect, and knowing mm -hmm. what Lando's gone through. I know we're gonna—I mentioned that a little later, but one of the things I was mm -hmm. curious about was how are Luke and Lando gonna relate to each other, seeing as we don't really get that on screen or yeah. anything. You know, um, I yeah, I, I was really interested. I, I really appreciated it really it moved the story forward well in a convincing way mm -hmm. like it didn't like in in last jedi that story hinges a little bit on luke being this uh old curmudgeon who wants the jedi to die this one hinges on luke being uh, a compassionate wise leader who is well, trying to gather here, so. he is that's a great way of putting it. he this is actually luke at his best self um before the decline and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, and, and, I, and you know, and one last thing I'll say: you know, Luke had his best self until uh, you know, until the Last Jedi, where he, right. his last self, the last moments, where he does show oh, yeah. compassion once more and um, recaptures what this the Luke in in this novel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering because obviously, you know, um, well, we're doing spoilers, so I don't, I can. Just spoil well, we're we're spoiling everything here. But you know, like for on Luke's end, this is very much an unresolved case. It's like you know, Ray's parents die; yeah. they don't know what happened. They end, you know, X and Penchar's, you know, little try mini comeback. But, you know, I think Luke's still like mm, something feels weird, yeah. and I'm kind of wondering if this sort of like is a hint of like building paranoia, so that when you know the day comes when he got the mm. lightsaber over Ben, like this paranoia of like some darkness just keep building and building. I know some people are like are hoping for going deeper, like it's Palpatine, like through Exegol and the power of the force, like draining Luke's soul, like just internally, like just like really messing with him, mind games. I mean, he has every voice in Ben Solo's head, 
So, you yeah. know, who knows what he's doing with Luke. But um, I do mm. wonder if, at the very least, this is sort of setting up um, sort of a, a, a growing paranoia within Luke about something's going on. And then obviously that sort of adds to the day when he just is, you know, getting all getting all weird around Ben. It's like mm-hmm. might for a brief second, you know, kill his own nephew. Right. and kind of sow those seeds yeah that's a great like, point um i appreciate that he just stopped short or the, i just appreciate that this novel stopped short of doing too much of that weird palpatine stuff right let it come out in rose of skywalker sorry go ahead no I, I i agree I and mean, i think you know but i do kind of like the idea of like maybe this is the seeds of like a paranoia mm-hmm. that's yeah. going to be building for the next couple of years um, you mentioned him earlier, and I, I have Lando next on the list. I think we should actually talk about the one, the only chosen one himself, Mister Anakin Skywalker. Um, I really I liked. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned it in the notes, so my yeah, bad. Um, I should have done that. Um, yeah. But I really liked what they did here. Uh, first <laughs> off, I really love the kind of the idea of him switching back and forth between Hayden and Sebastian Shaw. So nice, nice shout out to Sebastian Shaw there. <laughs> um. I also kind of like the idea of Anakin's Force Ghost isn't a, a perfect Force Ghost. And um, I was listening to another podcast earlier talking about this. It's sort of like, I like the idea of like almost Anakin's spirit is still uh, <laughs> detoxifying, desissifying, as they would say. Um, you know, and kind of, it's not a perfect Force Ghost spiritualism. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I think one of the big things for me that I want to see moving forward in things is Anakin as a Force Ghost almost on the eternal atonement tour um basically going to everybody saying i'm sorry going to reva (laughs) i'm sorry for stabbing you twice um (laughs) reva would not be happy about that if she was alive um (laughs) but you know um but i like this idea of like no i mean better than juice bakura where he's like delay hey i I did the thing why don't you forgive me um so you know i like this idea of anakin uh, Doctor Holocron's Luke use the special edition. <laughs> not, the, not the Blu-rays. Not the Blu-rays. <laughs> not the Blu-rays. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Um, no. Yes. Um, but no, I really like that, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like this idea of um, his Force Ghost. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's more because he had to use that energy on Exegol, so he's kind of fading in and out. But I do mm-hmm. like that idea, inherently speaking, of mm-hmm. Anakin. You know, his Force Ghost isn't 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 a clear cut thing. Uh, but you, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, you know, you're all about the chosen one. So, what what was your take on Anakin? Well, first of all, he's in purgatory. I mean, yeah. very much. I mean, he's going through that purgation of the darkness. He is not a saint, right? right. Qui Gon is able to do it because he lived such a saintly life. Um, you know, Obi Wan towards the end. Anakin still he has uh, he issues. has yeah well he has issues he ha- he has uh, things to pay for things to reckon with yeah. within himself. Um, he has to do penance, right? Okay. I mean, I want to go to Sabe, and then he can't go to Padme, but you know, um, he can go. He can go to Padme's children, and so you know that, and, and help him, and say, "You're not alone." Uh, Anakin felt so alone. He felt right. so isolated and trying to do what he was doing. Uh, Luke, look to your left. You look to your right. You see Lando. You see Comat. Uh, it, it was it was great. Also, you know, I appreciate that it wasn't like some some long drawn out conversation that detracted from the story. It was very much tied into, you know, for, yeah. And, and it's interesting to go into the whole using energy from Mexico and um, in purgatory and all that. But also on again on the literary side, this is still a Luke story 
what does this mean for Luke uh, to you know, to to go forward and to face this darkness, knowing um, well knowing that his father is is there is, is po- it's possible to uh, <laughs> sorry no, knowing you know that it you know face the darkness knowing that you know it it it's possible to go forward it's possible for Anakin to show up another time, mm-hmm. but uh, that reckoning with with luke luke's reckoning with his own heritage his own past that's for another story this is about lando this is about miriam and dathan and ray and and ochi and kais and all the other characters but um right. it is great story here's the here's the use of the word great story discipline narrative discipline yes to really focus this on what does this mean for luke right now what mm-hmm. does luke need to step forward no, I, I agree. I mean, I know as fans, we want like Anakin to go like, okay, how this is how the chosen one prophecy is going to work out now, and yeah. you know, this is how it all makes sense. Like, no, I think this is exactly what we need. Um, mm-hmm. so some comments. Uh, first from Doc Holocron. Any Knights of Ren? Sadly, no. We do get nine ring race. I mean, race. <laughs> so yeah, but, Knights um, of Ren in here. <laughs> I haven't yes, read this yes, book yet. The- uh, uh, yes, there will be Knights of Ren and Bounty Hunters, but no, not Knights of Ren here, sadly. Um, and Claire, hey, yes, I did. My dad got me these headphones, uh, very expensive, but they were worth it. They are worth it. Uh, they got noise cancellation, so that's good. Um, but no, I, I agree. And, you know, I love the, love the, uh, you know, the purgatory and Exegol is clearly hell. Yes. Exegol is clearly dark side, a dark side planet through mm-hmm. and through. You know, even the point where they say, like, the Sith hit it, like that red stuff might be something the Sith used magic. And yeah. we'll get into that later when we talk about the dark side characters here. <laughs> um, but if we have nothing to talk about Anakin, um, let's just go to the man, the legend himself, Lando Calrissian, narrator of the Calrissian Chronicles. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Lando's probably my favorite character in this book. Um, mm-hmm. Lando in Legends was always a little odd because he didn't really change that much. It's like... I mean, to be fair, first time we see him in Thrawn trilogy, and that's five years. So, you know, it doesn't really change that much. He's just kind of landowing, got a new gig, got a new thing, got a new scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like here is like Lando, this 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 bombastic character, you know, like, you know, he's about the capes and the fashion, and you know, he's a he's larger than life, he's mm-hmm. suave incarnate. And here he's just kind of broken, but also, you know, like because of this tragedy with his daughter getting missing going being kidnapped. Um, and there's this really touching flashback of like him and his daughter mm-hmm. playing on his ship, the Lady Luck. Lady Luck, by the way, for Legends fans out there, yay. Um, and, you know, it's like she's in the cape room and she loved playing with his capes. Who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And it's like Lando's got ice cream and he's just, you know, he doesn't <laughs> care. His capes are getting messed up. Like, I'll yeah. do it later. I'm just enjoying time with my daughter. No mentions of the of the parental, of the of his other parental uh, partner, if there was mm-hmm. one. Like, there's uh, a brief mention of, of the mother. Uh, there's no, I really, I don't remember. Like, like just for a second, but... the biological, the biological mother yeah. was. Um, but uh, you know, it's this. It, but it's also, I love the idea of like Lando. He he wants to still try, like he's still trying, even though he's like he's going to gambling places. But like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's really like what Han did, but sort of like a bit more with purpose. I feel like where he's like mm-hmm. still trying to find his footing, and at the end, there's a bit of a bittersweet kind of. Uh, oh, uh, Doc Alcron says, uh, hopefully the mom is Kasha from the last mm-hmm. shot. I would like Not that. Bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the bit of a bittersweetness um, to it where he ends up on Panasa from, at, yeah. from Rise of Skywalker. 
Uh, and all the, you know, like he, by helping this family, he's helping his daughter in some ways. So like mm -hmm. he trying to, it's, a, it's again, penance, his own kind of weird yeah. penance. Um, not against anything he did personally, which is trying to, like in his own mind, trying to atone for his failure. Mm -hmm. uh, at least when, how he sees it. Um, and, you know, at, at the end, he gets like, he breaks down because, you know, they failed the, the kid. And it actually kind of makes it sweet that eventually Lando was going to help Ray in the future. So it's like, <laughs> he did he did make it up and, you know, they they never like by the way they, if you're wondering if the, this book confirmed if Jana was his daughter or not no they the book never confirmed any of that no um any call do you remember any callbacks to L three uh two so well mainly not not explicitly but only because the Falcon isn't in this but um uh he looks at Komat's droid and is kind of turned on by that <laughs> for a little so there's that but also uh I think just even relationship with the ship. Uh, it's yeah. the lady luck. It's not the Falcon, but so, yeah. I mean, if I can get in on that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of Lando? Just like Luke, you know, it's an intermediate character. We don't get really anything of Lando in the sequel trilogy, but we get lots of things from from the you know the, the original trilogy where he is on the shadier side, and, and his whole but his whole arc similar to Han, similar I think to even Afro, where Afro is going, is you know these disastrous wild swashbuckling characters who find ways to get grounded and for both han and lando the way they get grounded is by having kids <laughs> uh, you know i mean uh for for han i you know it's also finding the rebel alliance and uh you know finding leia but for lando the rebel alliance as well but i think ultimately i mean it, it's it's surprising not only the impact of losing a kid of having her in the first place and she's you know kadara calrissian right she's like he he has custody from what we can tell or at least the name and um responsibility for her which you know when, when we first see lando in solo can you imagine him taking care yeah. of a kid you know uh can yeah. you imagine having that kind of sense of responsibility so yeah there's that and then of course the uh, the devastation of, of her being lost and the impact of that, that you never get over that. And you're always driven to it, even as time kind of moves things along and, and, you know, all your friends can no longer help you as much as they, you know, they did at first. There, there's still that depth in, in his soul and his gut that is just never going to let go. And so that actually, then we see in rise of Skywalker, the way he looks at Jenna and the way he sees, you know, and I mean the way you know the way he looks at Ray as the opportunity to to help rescue her in this story, the way he looks at Jenna, the way he looks at this younger resistance, and mm -hmm. is able to to take them under their wing, or at least the the gang that's on Pasana, take them under take uh, take them under his wing, and uh, you know being in this protective guiding role through yeah. uh, through their journey and their adventure. Handing on the torch. I mean, that's another thing we talk about the legacy characters in this era for both Luke and Lando. They're getting ready to hand on the torch. Luke takes a bit of cajoling by, by Ray. Uh, Lando doesn't. Lando, he's he's there on Pasana and he encounters them. Um, mm. You want to talk about handing on the torch. Uh, you know, everything Komat does for Lando in grounding him. I, I use that phrase a lot, but I mean, even that that sabbatical that he gets at the end, and the getting the armor and seeing the possibility. Here's the thing with Lando: uh, he's always on the run, he's always on the move, he's always trying to get the next score, the next angle, uh, the next job. Before, when he was younger, because what's the thrill and wants to kind of escape 
the possibility of responsibility and thinking too hard about things. He's got mm. these chronicles. And then uh, after the uh, after Kadara is lost to, to kind of fill the void and trying to mm-hmm. escape uh, the sense of loss that he feels, mm-hmm. he sees in Komat someone who actually has to stop and has to live out this very uh, monastic existence. Using that in case you're name. wondering yeah. who Komat actually is, yeah. by the way, we didn't mention yeah. her. Uh, he mm-hmm. is an acolyte of the beyond who Luke was able to turn to the light side. Mm-hmm. Um, so another dark sider who turned to the light side and yeah. said, hooray. But, you know, one that we, we see in the past. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at before. That's, I mean, I don't know whether or not I want to know that story, but we definitely, I don't know if we necessarily need it even, right? We get um, this very rich sense of what it was like to have been there and now be this in, in this penitential mode of, I mean, live out the rest of my days on this poisoned planet. Poison because of a war, because of the, the I'm guessing the war against the empire, right? Um, uh, the, the explosion from this Mon Calamari cruiser uh, that has destroyed this planet because that is what war does, just destroys. And that was what the dark side does by bringing war, <laughs> just destroys. So she's going to spend out her days uh, doing penance for that by trying to reap the benefit, or not reap the benefit, but finding fruit, finding some good in this toxic wasteland of this planet. And so Lando sees that and says, uh, okay, I can stop. I can use Pasana as a base. I can actually pass the torch to the next generation. And, you know, he finds Jenna and Jenna. And we, I hope we do get these stories of he and, him and Jenna finding, looking out for his daughter, going on adventures and who knows how that ends. But uh, yeah, definitely appreciated it. I mean, yeah, like Doc Holocron says, wonder if any of this will get referenced in the Lando series. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope so. Um, Do you know when that's said? Or... They haven't said anything. I mean, um, that's the question between paper and screen again, right? I mean, yeah, but, you know, even the Janna yeah. stuff, just in general, it's like if they'll yeah. continue that daughter, um, you know, arc, which mm-hmm. was, you know, going to be in the movie, but then got cut. Um, mm-hmm. But it's in the novelization. Um, yes. But, you know, I, I think one of my favorite moments of Lando is actually at the end where he mm-hmm. decided, you know, I'm going to continue the Calrissian Chronicles. But maybe on audio. Maybe I don't yeah. need to show my mug anymore. Just an just audio only. They're, they're, they're not going on YouTube. They're just going to Spotify. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. they're, 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 getting, they're getting used to their age. Um, I like yeah, it. But um, <laughs> if we don't have any, you know, and they and they had a good, and he had a good um, rapport yeah. with Luke, which I really like. Yeah. But um, to move on, I, I suppose, if we don't have anything to say about Lando. Again, oh, I'll say with, with Luke, I mean, the way yeah. he's able to make space for Lando again, mm-hmm. right? The way he's able to... Uh, work with Komat and with Lando and, you know, R2, everything R2 is able to do. R2 being R2, uh, you know, I mean, and very much a real character in this novel. And so, again, credit to Adam Christopher for that. Lando, make it a podcast. I, I would I would yep. listen. I listen to yeah. any Lando podcast. Why not? Why not? Um, but now let's go over to the dark side. Um, got with Kiza, Kaiza, I think it's Kiza, Ochi, and the Sith. Mm-hmm. And this was actually very interesting um, mm-hmm. about this book. And I guess kind of what surprised me, and I guess depends on whether or not this is your thing. I Maybe this was a good thing, a bad thing. But um, Palpatine is not actually kind yeah. of the villain here. He is sort of, he appears once. He appeared once to OG in a vision. You know, like, like hey, get back to working for me. I need your help. And just his voice, right? Not his actual yeah. image. No, just his voice. Um yeah. The actual, you know, the shadow of the Sith isn't even Palpatine. It is 
Viceroy Ex- <laughs> I forget. I want to call Exim Exim Penchard. Exim Penchard. Sounds like a tale of the Jedi Sith Lord. Um, but it's interesting because, but the thing that ties all these villains together, Kiza, Ochi, is they're looking for something as well. They want to mm-hmm. either go back to Exegol or, you know, in Kiza's or Viceroy X, I forget, I'm going to Viceroy. Um, yeah. Kiza's case, get to Exegol, period. Um, I'll mm-hmm. start with Ochi because I'm sure that's what my buddy Doc Collicon wants to hear about. Um, Ochi's interesting here. He is a. He's still the bungling idiot, but he's a very <laughs> older, bit more wet, less wet behind the ears, more kind of, I don't know, a drunken. No, smarter, more strategic. Maybe it's more strategic, but also just, he's kind of older. He just, he's sort of like, he's been mm-hmm. on this planet for years, this right. garbage planet for years with Dio, who, by the way, every time he mistreated Dio, I'm like, oh, yeah. I hate, I, I couldn't <laughs> handle that. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, oh, this is bad. This is not good. I do not like this mistreatment of droids. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, no, thank you. Um, yeah. Just on this garbage plant, kind of just waiting for something to happen. And, you know, he yeah. reminisced, he reminisced about his time with Kira and mentioned how it ends because they can't because they haven't written that part yet. But, you know, he mentioned that time with Kira. He mentioned the time with Palpatine. You actually find out that he's been hunting Jedi. He was a Jedi hunter during the Clone Wars. And there's a great flashback of him trying to hunt uh, Diva Balaba during the Clone Wars and then gets attacked by Mace Windu. Yeah. Um, so that's, that was cool. So he'd been doing this, working for the Sith for a mm-hmm. long time. And he's just kind of waiting, waiting to go back to Exegol to feel that power from the comic again. Um, which is mm-hmm. it's a really nice touch of the Greg Pak uh, Vader comic, kind of building on his character from where he started. Um, you know, he's very he's still bungling, but he's a lot older about it, and he's kind of worn down, a little bit more of a worn-down Ochi, who's trying to re- almost reclaim the glory years uh, <laughs> again, um, which I found very interesting. Um, as for Kiza, you know, that's someone who's, like, it's an example of someone who's gone too far deep into the dark side. It reminds me a little bit of some of the um, Bantam-era 90s books with, like, Exar Kun's spirit mm. kind of egging them on, hey, let's do this thing. You know, and I love the idea just in general of it's not the same as Lord Moment's mask where Moment like completely takes you over, but doesn't mm-hmm. happen until later. Um, where it's sort of like it's almost like a partnership kind of thing. It's like um Viceroy is this guy. Exine Punchard. Exine Punchard. That could be my brain fart. Exine there we go. Punchard is like whispering mm-hmm. in her ear. Mm-hmm. Like, um oh, uh Hologram says if he's on a junk planet, maybe Great Pack Comic will end with Palpatine literally throwing OG in maybe, the trash. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be them. Uh but you yeah. know, like you got Exine Panchar, got it the time. Exine Panchar being like, hey, let's 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 reclaim my glory. Let's, let's go to Exegol. We're gonna find some power yeah. there. And you know, the mask is talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love this. I love this idea of the Sith just have like these really like you know dark powers, you know. Yeah. I don't like bringing up this franchise too much these days, but you know, it's sort of like uh Horcruxes in Harry Potter or the yeah. One Ring from Lord of the Rings is a better example because they did it better. Um, where it's like just the spirit of this Sith Lord endears in this object and their power does it, it's not possession until the end. I mean, at the end, it becomes possession, but it's mm-hmm. more like influence, like it's feeding off thoughts and emotions that are already mm-hmm. there. And um, it's just sort of interesting how these villains have very indirect objection objectives, but also they're all kind of working for the same goal mm-hmm. at the end of the 
day. I, I forget if Kiza and Ochi are doing the same thing. Are they both hunting Ray's parents or just Ochi and then Kiza's kind of doing her own thing? I always kind of forget how hmm. interconnected those two plot points really are. But overall, I thought our dark side characters were really interesting. And it's interesting that Palpatine is sort of not the villain. As you brought up, Matthew, you know, maybe that's mm -hmm. good to not kind of wait to reveal that stuff until Rise of Skywalker when he's uh, ready. But overall, Matthew, what do, you, what do you think of our dark side villains? So if you read this book already, you'll I hope you love this joke. That Exim Panchard, fun guy, throws killer parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good flashback um, moment. Yeah, oh, that was really cool. Um, but you know, I mean, with with Kaiser Ochi, yeah. So they, Exim himself, you know, they, they're they're all well, both Kaiser and well, I guess they're all trying to get back to Exegol because Exegol is is really the source of not not the source itself, but it's it's the the delusion, the the lie that the dark side will always feed you that serve me and you will live forever, right? It's it's. Uh, this place supposed, supposedly of rebirth of new life, um, the possibility even that if Ray had given herself up willingly, that would she have lived forever? No, uh, the dark side would have overtaken her. Uh, Palpatine would have taken over. You know, Darth Sidious, Sheev Palpatine would have taken over and gained his, his eternal reign of darkness. Um, you know, Exim slaughtering millions and millions just to gain some sort of immortality in the past in, in the past but through this mask kaiza trying to tap into that immortality by serving exim ultimately of course you know, regretting it <laughs> for eternity i mean there there is a very strong eternal torment there until of course luke is able to destroy exim and hopefully bring kaiza to some peace in that way Ochi trying to get to Exegol to get his vision back, I guess, or, uh, you know, restoring some sort of life for him because with all three of them, all three of them, they are, they're, they're living death. They're, they're trying to serve this, this lie of eternal life. Uh, but they end up just, just losing their soul. I mean, it's the, what is a profit to gain the whole world? Right. And I, uh, you know, uh, and so, I mean, I, I love the way, but the, I mean, again, talking about Adam Christopher, what he did was was made that realistic. He made that uh, believable in what has been set up before, what we know about Ochi. Yeah, that whole thing about the blade itself. is To me, the blade especially is a, ma is a symbol for the insatiable hunger of the dark side for death, mm -hmm. right? It will, it will collapse all life into itself and just consume everything and um, and so that's, I mean, that's why it has to be stopped. But, you know, it isn't this simple you know, uh, mustache twirling villain. It's people really driven because they genuinely believe this promise, right? They genuinely believe that that when, if they find Exegol, that this good thing will happen. And so they end up chaining themselves to, to these dark forces. Um, I think with Ochi, so what it was, I think both Kaiza and Ochi are looking for Exegol. Kaiza is she in direct contact with the uh the the Sith eternal cultists whatnot I mean there's also the bit about with uh, the the corporate sector and how general yeah, pride, the, general pride. pride yeah oh high colonel pride sort in general um slaughterer of ewoks yes great uh and how you know how they're just all another front for the Sith eternal so uh 
yeah, I mean, all of it, here's the thing. Yeah, like I said, it, all of it is pointing towards Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker. It's pointing, interestingly, very obliquely to the First Order. That's one, one of the things I found curious. I don't quite know what I think or feel about this. There isn't really anything about the First Order in this, except for maybe uh, Pride and, and the CSA. The, there's the one, me- I'll, I'll, I know, uh, yeah, there's one ahead. mention, Pride, Pride's working for the Imperial Remnant. Yeah, undercover with the corporate sector for it. And he mentioned something yeah. about how um, yeah, there's some ones, semblance yeah. of high command finally kind of coming together and mm-hmm. orders are now finally being directed. Okay, yeah. um, I've always sort of, at least for myself, and this is how I view it, I see the First Order as, as a semi-separate entity. Like, mm-hmm. the you got the Sith Eternal, they're over here, they're kind of isolated, they're kind of doing their own thing, they want to keep really secret because they are the end game and probably does not want anyone to know. Right. And then you got the Imperial Remnant kind of all over the place with the First Order people in the Unknown Region just kind of rebuilding and kind of maybe making contact with the ones who stayed in the Known Galaxy who didn't get to escape to the Unknown mm-hmm. Regions at first. So this is how I kind of view it. They're like, and Snoke is sort of the link, the link between the mm-hmm. the First Order and the Sith Eternal on Exegol. So First yeah. Order could have easily been an independent uh, uh, entity before, but Snow kind of took over. Um, as Black Holocron said, the First Order are the set of the sequel era. Yeah, you're you're right. You know, think um, about that because I, I mean, I I tend, to, I tend to think that the Resistance are more the the Separatists, but I mean, I'll think the, about that. The Doc. First Order world seceded from the Republic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, that's a great point that the First Order being the intermediate stage, right? I mean, Snoke yeah. and Kylo Ren, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know the the grandson of Darth Vader, being potentially the heir to being the apprentice. Yeah, um, right. That's a good way of putting it. So I mean, I didn't mind that it was, uh, uh, you know, not too much mentioned. But yeah, it would be an interesting. I mean, Bloodline. That's what Bloodline is kind of doing anyway. So anyway, I mean, I I, I think the idea is this is eternal. Um, aren't the and the First Order are still separate enough entities, and that mm. the his eternal manipulates the first order yeah so I, I maybe you don't need necessarily needed them to be appear in some sort of form i mean you get a small mention with pride mm-hmm. i don't like i don't think the first order maybe has officially i don't know if it's officially formed yet or is it even a thing like is race alone still a, with the eclipse I, mm-hmm. I don't know yet so i don't want to dwell too much on this um yep. let's see probably should have gotten a line like in the end now to begin our first order <laughs> <laughs> Ha-ha. I'm waiting for someone to say that. I mean, Grace Long gets a line like that at the end of Aftermath, um, so... Uh, Clarice Sindian. What? She, uh, Clarice Sindian. She says at the end of Bloodline, the rise of the First Order. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, by the way, Pride had a fur coat of Ewoks that he made on Endor. Yeah, that's yeah. not evil at all. Yeah, not, evil not evil at all. Nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> um, yeah. But... Uh, if you have nothing more to say on the our dark side characters, I guess we can get to our, our final mm-hmm. thing. Um, the other things I just put in the notes are just for things for me to remember. But the the one, the only, mom and papa Ray, Dason, and Miramir. Um, good lordy, do I love these characters mm-hmm. already? Like, you now it's it's a it's, it's like OG, but for different reasons. They took a character who appeared in one flashback and made me love them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dason obviously is a fascinating character. Clearly, he's a, he's a he's a strand cast. Obviously, he is um, a natu- uh, a naturally growing clone. 
of uh, Sidious, clearly. Um, and I do, I love the flashback of him when he's 10, which connects mm-hmm. again to the Greg Pak comic, where it's, uh, it's, it shows his perspective of those mm-hmm. events when Vader and Ochi are in Exegol. And you just hear about this horrible life that he's been living with the mm-hmm. eternal character people who just don't even consider him a person, but they keep him around <laughs> because, like, oh, maybe yeah. one day he'll be useful, you little. Or he uh, knows secrets, and you know you can't let secrets yeah. out. I mean, that seems to be why they're being hunted now. But yeah, and, and clearly one person is the eternal who liked him enough that that one guy, kind of the administrator of Exegol, yeah. Uh, yeah. whose name escapes me at the moment. But, um, you know, and he hears the names of the Sith Eternal cult that just shout, you know, whispering, Plagueis, 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 Revan, Revan, <laughs> Revan. You know, it's like, that yeah. was cool, by the way. Um, you know, it's like, you know, just what, how long these cultists have been on Exegol, who knows? He, he mentions the temple's been around for thousands of years, yeah. if not longer. Um, and just sort of, you know, thank heavens he met Miramir, who clearly is the talent of the family. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she's a good pilot engineer. Her, mm-hmm. her, apparently, her grandma is like a village elder, which is a little special. Um, <laughs> or give Palpatine the end, like the Force will awaken soon. That would have been a good ending for this. Book. Yeah, okay. I think we're getting into too much ham comedy there. <laughs> I don't know. I know, yeah. I, I love it. But, yeah, yeah. um, but no, I mean, the, and their love for Ray, it just, it, it shines so bright. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it got retconned because of Rise Skywalker. But you know what? I don't, I don't this this book maybe not cares. Like, oh gosh, yeah. these these two are beautiful. Um, I, I love them so much, and just like, you know, they, they're such a cute couple. And it's like the way they they you know they take care of Ray. And it's like when the battle's going on, they put like these headphones on Ray. Like, no one's yeah. canceling yet. Like, oh, no, no, nothing's going yeah. on. Ray, it's fine. You know, or they just are, they, are they Apple AirPods? Or are they? they yeah, <laughs> um, and it's adorable. Yeah, um, they just poor people. Like they just, they meet this one horrible dude whose name escapes me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they meet these Republic bureaucrats. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that one captain tried to do something nice for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just such a struggle. And but I love it so much. It was just so sad by the time it's like the end was like, but they knew Ray was fine. It's like I love Mir Mir smirk smirk at Ochi. It's like you lost Ochi. Right. You Palpatine, you've lost as far as we're concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. but they were great. So Matthew, what did you think of Ray's parents, Mir Mir and Dason? Yeah, like I said at the top, maybe my favorite thing, and then the thing I was most confused by. Um, yeah, like like you said, it just drawing us into the uh the emotion of these characters into the drama into the uh the yeah well the drama the uh you know the the tension of what's gonna happen even though we know what's gonna happen we hope that doesn't right i mean that's that's since the excerpt but all the way through this novel you know we hope we hope they make it because they're so great and they're so <laughs> loving and so uh you know that maybe there's a chance maybe there's a possibility that they'll uh you know, Miramir's resourcefulness and talent and piloting skill and Dathan's, I mean, he has experience as well, you know, and ability to navigate kind of the politics of the, of the galaxy somewhat. Maybe they'll, they'll have a chance, even though we know they don't. And uh, so, I mean, that's the thing, Adam Christopher, he had a tall order to say, here's why Ray lands on, ends up on Jakku with this belief that her parents are coming back for her. And, he had to actually, not had to. I mean, he set it to tell that story, and this is the this is the story he set it to tell. That's the mm-hmm. the through line of this novel. Turns out, it, it's like you're saying, like the 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 tagline at the top here. It is Ray's origins to some extent. Um, yeah, maybe more than to some extent. I mean, it is 
how she ends up becoming who or the the origins of how she becomes who she is a scavenger on Jakku, how she survives maybe Ankara plot is able to take care of her somewhat but clearly she has to work for it um yeah i mean just the things you you list here you know miramir's kindness and compassion even as she's a hardened type pilot who knows how to uh fix a ship and get through everything i mean you you want to talk about uh someone who's uh uh, inheriting character traits from their birth parents, you know, Miramir and Dathan, their kindness, uh, their oh, yeah. their resourcefulness, their strength, their compassion, their ability to to fly a ship and fix a ship and mm-hmm. navigate through the galaxy. I mean, we know Ray picks that up. She goes to the simulators. She does, and this is like the like this this early canon junior novel, junior grade novel. I think she was in simulators and she figured out how to pilot a ship and how to fix a ship and everything on her own on Jakku. She's not a Mary Sue, <laughs> but she definitely gets, uh, inherits that kind of resourcefulness and that ability and that talent, even the, the kindness and softness that ultimately leads her to know to resist Kylo Ren in the last Jedi, know to choose the light, choose both the, the resistance and the Jedi. It definitely comes through to some extent in this experience, this harrowing, horribly traumatic experience where she ends up being yeah. dumped on on Exco, on, on Jakku. Um, yeah, so that that I loved again the character the character bits I definitely yeah. loved. The one thing I said, like I said at the top, the thing, and, and maybe I don't know if we have time for you to to help me see this or how you see this. Um, I don't understand why Dathan, especially, seems to just not trust Luke and Lando enough to find them, do everything they can to find find Luke and Lando. Uh, go to the core. Go to the the New Republic core, of the New Republic, where I think things are set up to be better. Go to Chandrilla, where you can make an asylum claim, a refugee claim, right? Uh, I think their ship, for one thing, doesn't have enough juice to get there. Uh, for one well, thing, well, in, in the in the the super duper rich guy, I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and so it's it's just it's once I saw this is how they were going to do it, how they were going to get Ray to Jakku was because they're going to hide her and hopefully trust Ankar Plot to take care of her for a year or whatever, while they go try and fix something. This vague thing, it's frustrating because it's a bit of a trope, right? It's the, I mean, it's hard because we know what happens. We know how it turns out and they don't. It's another example of that. Although that's unlike with, with Luke this time, it seemed to not work as well for me. Um, yeah, but the, it's this trope of, we know uh, the situation isn't as trustworthy, but they don't know that. So they're going to just, it's going to spin on Dathan not being able to trust or, or being, being more willing to trust on plot, frankly, than, than the the core of the New Republic, and so that I found just a I little mean, to frustrating. Be fair, the whole New Republic, the joke is kind of is a is a running theme even with the Mandalorian. Uh, so yeah, and I just I don't entirely get that either, frankly. I mean, I get with with the Mandalorian with Din Djarin, he's he's resourceful enough, he's powerful enough to handle it. Um, I want to see, frankly, I want to see New Republic stories that say actually, kind of this aspirational ideal of what kind of an American like civilization or government structure could be, uh, you know, kind of 
this 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 weird tragedy of distrust, which again it, it's hard to connect these dots that Adam Christopher set out to do. Another thing I don't fully get, but I sort of get is Ochi being filled with such rage that he immediately goes to Pasana instead of uh, well, first of all, he he kills uh, Sorensko and, and his brother in, in this fit of fit of jealous rage. No one tells Ochi what to do. Instead of sending them to Jakku to investigate. Now again, we know Ray is on Jakku, but it's just he falls for the the beads thing on Pasana a little too easily. I found. So I know I'm maybe I'm nitpicking. I don't know, but um, amidst all the character achievement. This last little bit fell flat for me. Well, I can't speak for why they didn't go to the court outside. Just maybe they just don't cut, trust the government. Uh, they don't yeah. trust the new republic. Period. But, I mean, mm -hmm. they didn't go at the beginning. They didn't go before this all happened. So yeah. you know, maybe they just always have a mistrust of the new republic from day one. Yeah. Um, to be fair, that one guy did not help make the new republic. That is case. true. He was, that he is was fair. kind of a jerk. Yeah, he that was is kind fair. of a jerk. Um. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, as for OG, I don't know. I just chalk it up to OG being stupid. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, characterization. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that Doc Holocron would say, yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, she was yeah, that's uh, the whole Mary Sue yeah, accusation right? that, that doesn't deserve yeah. any any attention. I mean, yeah. fair point to you, Doc, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the Mary Sue thing itself. Anyway. Yeah, but that's that's my only that's my only thought on it. I mean, I it didn't bother yeah. me too much. So I'll, I'll live with it. It's fine. I'll learn to live with it. But yeah, you know, um, but bit. yeah, um, and I think we have covered the whole book. So final thoughts. Obviously, my final thoughts. Again, mm -hmm. loved it. Um, up there with Bloodline as essential sequel trilogy reading for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we'll probably go as we make this podcast go into the whole. What should be screen? What should be book? What can what you know accessibility? Like you know, I want a lot of people to read this book because I think this mm. helps clarify a lot of things about um, the sequel trilogy. But then again, I want a lot of people to read the Rise of Skywalker novelization instead of watch the movie because I think the novelizations <laughs> get a better job telling that story. Um, which I want to test on you, Matt. You see where you fit on that yep. category. Um, but many overall... other things to read, but I'll go for it. There's <laughs> but yeah, but overall. Really good, a lot of great character, great characterization, and um, love the book. So, but you, Matthew, final thoughts? Yeah, that little little rub, notwithstanding. I mean, definitely recommend this. Hopefully, I get over it. Hopefully, other people don't think or feel the same way that I do about this. Um, again, you know, Adam Christopher, he set out to tell character story that had lots of lore in it tell a lore story that needed to be character driven. He succeeded on the whole. Um, surprisingly, right. We, so he, he succeeded in disguising a race story in a Luke and Lando story. It turned out to be a race story. <laughs> I mean, in a way like a Nathan mirror mirror story. And um, again, great job of, of letting the, fa that family run the show, letting that family be the emotional and narrative core of this novel while also, giving us convincing uh, convincing through lines and relationships with, with Luke and Lando. And again, the lore with, with Kaiza and, and Exim Panchard and Ochi and everything about Exegol. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it both in terms of both the, the lore stuff and the character stuff. Um, I'll, I'll bring this one up again. Hashtag sequelist. It, it really, again, don't want to say it by smoothing out. I don't mean it, it obliterates 
the the ebbs and flows. It just it helped us navigate them um, better than the speeder on Pas- Ochi speeder on Pasana. <laughs> it gave yeah. us a good motivator. Yeah, I, uh, I I say the way I always say it it helped the wider meta story being told with Star Wars. Yes. It always is good for me. Um, but all right, I think that's a good point to wrap things up for this week. Thanks for everyone joining us. You know, Doc and Chad, uh, Claire, if you're still there, Hannah, thank you for joining us. I know you're doing your podcast. I will try to make it right away after this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you liked what you heard and have thoughts, add them and feel free to put them in the comments below. Also, please just give this video a like, share, and subscribe. You know, give us feedback, folks, in the in the comments. We want to hear your feedback. How can we improve our mm-hmm. podcast in any way? Um, you know, and if you want to follow us, you know, follow us at Ion Cannon Pod again at Ion Cannon Pod, and you can follow me on JID twenty twenty one again JID twenty twenty one. Matthew, where can they follow you? You can follow me Twitter neug forty five, Instagram neug eleven thirty eight. Probably going to again more about soccer and Star Trek and whatever, but yeah, got a little bit Star Wars there, engaging the community and through at the at Ion Cannon Pod as well. Um, glad to be part of the conversations there, even though I'm getting a little. So I kind of wish I had uh, done that whole through through the Iron Cannon Pod. You know, b- bad press is good press, whatever. All, all press is good press, whatever. And uh, yeah, um, at Ion Cannon Pod at NEUG45 Instagram. Uh, MNUG1138. I am Cannon Pod on Instagram as well. Um, tractor Beam. I yes, will get to beam. the Tractor Beam, my weekly comics reviews this week. I was made it made the mad dash to finish Shout Out the Sith, so I haven't actually read the comics yet. I will read those. We got four books, I'll get three books coming up this week, um, including hopefully the the big Charles Soul celebration uh, collection. So we'll Woo! see. I'm also I'm also gonna be uh, traveling out of town, so We'll see how things work out there. Yes. Um, and because of that, we probably will not have a podcast next Monday. We'll probably be taking a small break, but we will hopefully come back with another excellent topic for you all. Um, you know, again, follow us at Ion Cannon Pod, our Twitters. Um, and, you know, uh, thank you for everyone for joining us. So, Matthew, let's blow this thing and go home. <laughs>